Um, Carol Bitchler could read from any um, any version any she was comfortable and, um, I thought with. I'd read from the very first English translation of the New Testament by William Tyndale, 1526. And actually, it's quite um, pertinent to what we've been saying because Tyndale, at that time, it was illegal, illegal to translate or publish in English. You could only, we were a Catholic country and the Bible was Latin. So only those who knew Latin, which were the well-educated and the higher ups could read it. And Tyndale's idea, he was an Oxford educated man. So he knew Latin and Greek and Hebrew eventually. But his idea was, well, why can't ordinary people who don't know Latin or Greek, why shouldn't they have the right to understand the word of God? Yeah, yeah. And his, um, this was his, um, his mission. And um, his saying was that I want the common plowboy in the field to, want to understand this. He couldn't read, but someone could read it to him, you see. And uh, of course it was illegal and heretical. And in the end he lost his life because of it, he was executed. But it's a lovely version. It's well worth comparing with the sort of more fancy version that came later as King James. Um, so it's called the Great Commission in the NIV. And it's Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Thank you, Dad. So we've gone from St. Paul, who was a very special missionary of his time, spreading the gospel. And we've looked at the Douglas family, who God had called to go and serve him in Nepal. And now we have the Great Commission. And again, the disciples went out, starting where they lived and spreading out. And it was Jesus who gave them this great commission. And we read that and we know that he didn't just mean at that time, at that place. It's a word for each one of us, but obviously we're not all called to go abroad. Otherwise there'd be no Christians left in this country because there's people here that need to know the gospel as well. And we think that certainly um, one of the first things that was said to me when I became a Christian, I had a little booklet that said, how to become a Christian. And, and I, didn't, I was a bit shy about telling the guy who had given it to me that I'd become a Christian. So, thought, so I thought I would just beam Holy Spirit glow to him and give, say, I don't need the book anymore. And what he said to me was, oh, I don't need it back. You keep it to give it to someone else. And I nearly freaked out. I thought, oh, no, I wasn't signing up for, for all of that. But obviously, as we grow as Christians, and um, mature as Christians, we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, then we start to bubble over with joy and excitement about our relationship with God, with, with Jesus Christ. So I just thought we would finish off the service around the table again, just discussing some of the ways we as ordinary individuals in our own families, in our own um, villages, towns, 
at workplace, school, wherever we are. How can we express our relationship with God without standing somebody up against the wall and saying, are you saved, brother? Or words to that extent. But through our lives, as we live out our Christian faith, how can we make a difference where perhaps people will say to us, why are you so nice? Why do you do that? Why do you think that way? Um, why do you do that for someone? So can we just, between you on the tables, think and perhaps jot it down on another piece of pink paper. What are the ways that we can evangelize or fulfill that great commission, each one of us in our individual ways, in the way God has called us as individuals to do and to be in this world, this very needy world that needs Jesus. I'll give you a few moments to do that together and then I'll ask for some feedback. about denominations and stuff particularly just in our everyday lives how can we share the gospel what's their basic instructions i'll get you to share that in a minute I think as people, you wouldn't be here. We're talking about how you as a person, an individual, can.
can share the gospel without necessarily being called to be a minister or missionary, you know, as, as your job, but um, just in the way we live. What makes us different as Christians? Is this part of the answer? Salvation. No, no, not salvation. That's the that's the effect. No, the word today. Is, no, the word is house. Why? Right now we're in a house of God. Please. Yeah, salvation is coming to this house. Yes. Yeah, but how are you going to help it come? That's what I'm asking you to think about. I like to think of this often. Well, I like to think of it where I work. I do talk about it as like our emotions. One minute they'll change good, the other they'll change to something bad. Yeah. Taking it out, yeah. Taking it out. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is to take Okay. Can you go round again, I think, when when people have got something to share? No. With the mic? No. Eh? We haven't been finishing till 12 o'clock when you're having a good time. Right. Okay. We've had time to talk about it. Could we have some feedback then, please? Um, maybe just one, one from each table. I've learned something um, on the way around there. Um, would you like to share it, um, Lisa, please? Bible. Oh, yeah, well, I was watching TBN not long ago, and um, there was a ministry man on there. I can't remember his name. And it said, basic instructions before leaving Earth. That's rather good. Yeah, Bible, yeah. 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 So I don't know. Maybe Karen said she hadn't heard of that before. No, I haven't. I don't watch TV. I thought she had. Right. Is there somebody else on the table who wants to share what your um, table came up with? (laughs) Jenny? (laughs) Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Speak up there. Hello. Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, we, we were just, uh, we're not on a table, so we're, you know, we're anti over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think, I think um, we've just given an example of what I, what I thought that, that, that Carol was getting, you know, getting round to. I think that if you think about how many people you know in the course of your daily lives and the amount of people you talk to, and sometimes buried in the conversations you have is about religion. And, you know, I've had um, many conversations with people about religion and, and the fors and against, and myself and Dave and, and Mick were just talking about, you know, I, there was one instance where a guy said to me, he was talking about going to church and things, and it was at a wedding. And I said, I said um, he said, it's just a form of control. And I says, no, it's not a form of control. He said, well, you've got the Ten Commandments and you can't do this and you can't do that. I said, but you don't get it, do you? you you're not getting religion. You're not understanding that if you believe in something like we do, that actually it's much more than that. But my point being was that in everyday lives and conversations we have, 
you know, just sometimes talking about religion goes a long way. Maybe after that conversation is had, they go away and think about it a little bit more. You don't have to stand on, you don't have to stand on a pulpit and bang the Bible to get that message out. I think it's on that level that is the most important work that we can do. Yeah. We never know, really, if we're going to be one of those links in somebody's chain leading them to, to Christ and to salvation. Yeah, the, the important thing is, is to take the opportunity when it appears to speak. This table seems to be coming up with some good things. Being prepared to um, talk about your faith if the opportunity arises. Uh, do you want some physical, some actual examples? Yeah. Um, okay. Getting time over here. Yeah. Holiday club, messy church, school assemblies, all sorts of things like yeah, that. Inviting people along to things that are going on. But I think, as Alison has said, that being ready, not missing that opportunity when you have a chance to say something. And if it's your story, nobody can say that's rubbish. If that's something you've experienced, they can't take that away from you. They can't prove it with science that what you've experienced is not right. Have you got something, Madeline? That... Yeah. Um, being joyful and being, you know, happy. Nick, Nick gave the example. One of the things that he used to, at school when he was teaching, other colleagues often used to say to him, you're always happy while you're, you know... Um, and although Nick doesn't necessarily portray that at home where people know him and love him, he's able to do that in the, in a, you know, the public domain, which is important. And I think that for me as well, being joyful, being a joyful person in the world, somewhere along the line, someone's going to say, why, where does what that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else bursting with something they want to share? Jan? Jesus' commandments, as he called them, or as it's translated, that was his wish. What was the greatest commandment? We've got uh, that you should love God and others as your as. Sorry, yeah. I've gotten now. Um, and treat others as you would wish to be treated. I think that's what very important one because that's something you can do all the time. Um, forgiveness is important. Kindness and thoughtfulness. Um, particularly in speech when we're speaking to people. Um, and when, as we already said, when people ask about God or religion, to speak from <coughs> our own experience and to recommend, um, re I've put recommend reading the scriptures and the Bible, uh, but if they feel they can't cope with that straight away, to um, recommend social activities and church community and invite them to something. Like Alpha. Like, yeah, well, I, I've got my... I've got my reservations about Alpha. Um, the, uh, what Speak I would say, in, sorry, your name next to um, Trevor. Jay? Trevor. Um, I've got a feeling there's going to be a lot more of this normal, you know, sort of a normal religious question mark, generally speaking. Um, I was absolutely blown away, as I expect some of you were, by those photos from the James Webb telescope. That's oh, like yeah, the hub, yeah. one move on from the Hubble. 
this is a universe that we cannot possibly even comprehend the size of the infinity of it and how anybody can see things like that which are what billions of light years away it's time and space we cannot comprehend that how anybody can say that's all accidental and that the creation of a being such as ourselves have been able to do that and see that that's an accident i don't think so and i think people will ask more as we develop that much more cosmic if you like universal and also through global warming i think that's going to make people ask what's going on thank you thank you for those who shared um barry said something interesting that we've also got to take the people out of the church we can invite them in yes but we need to be the church wherever we go and as Alison said be ready to give a, uh, what's it to give an, an answer to the hope that is within us and that is what we're called to do that is what the the great commission is all about if we could just have the last um song to finish maybe you might want to shorten it do you think no okay I've just found, I've been looking for my text that I said, and it, it actually helped me then, but it also fits in nicely with today. It's Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go.